Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm Charles Rogers. And hi, I'm Clayton. I'm back. <laughs> yes, we got Clayton back again. Very exciting. Clayton, the, the reason that it kind of worked out for you to come on, I know you had wanted to come back and do one of the Book of Boba episodes. But it sort of worked out because you're actually doing some promotion right now. Do you want to tell us what you're promoting? I am. Uh, so I just kicked off my campaign uh, for um, competing in Miss Atlanta Showgirl. Um, and that is a pageant that takes place uh, this coming April. Um, and some of the former winners of that uh, title include Arya B. Cassidyne, who was one of the finalists for uh, Queen of the Universe that you can watch on Paramount Plus. Um, uh, so sh- uh, that's pretty fun, um, but I'm competing in that in April and I will be competing against my own drag sister. So that's a fun little tidbit, um, Battle of the Holmes Sisters. Um, so I think between the two of us, it'll be a bloodbath in itself. Um, oh yeah, pageant- Holmes, Holmes get vicious. <laughs> yeah, I was there for Drag Deficit, Holmes get vicious. Yeah, yeah, he was. Charles was there when I became a Holmes. Like, so he knows mm-hmm. all about what it t- what it took for me to even join that family. Uh, a lot of crying and insults. Um, <laughs> There's uh, a lot of that, drinking no. that happened. <laughs> right. Yo. Oh. Oh my Jesus! Don't get me. Don't, don't get me started. We could have a whole episode about that. Um, maybe the we need. I'll say yeah. That should be our next podcast. Charles is <laughs> like the secrets of how I won. Like. Uh, and how we didn't kill each other. Um, no, but yeah, um, that, that's going to happen on April 25th at Lips, Atlanta, uh, off Freefoot Highway. So if you're local, uh, go get tickets. Uh, they are on sale, I think, now. So that'll be, yeah, that's on a Monday, April 25th. Um, I do have my um, Cash App and Venmo up, and I do have a GoFundMe page available. Uh, if Charles and Bradley are willing, I can we will, all those. We will, link okay. the, we will link at the very least the GoFundMe page in the yes. show notes for this show. So if you are listening to us and you've liked Clayton's uh, guest spots in the show so far and you have a few bucks to spare, consider donating to their pageant ambitions. I've seen Thank them you. win one show. Let's see oh, if they can oh. do another one. Oh, now, well, now we're, well, a lot more money will be going into this. So I'll, I'll share with you some of that stuff uh, in confidence, Charles, uh, soon. Um, oh, but yeah, I look anyone that donates, sharing all the tea. Oh, you will. Um, but anyone that donates will be listed as an official sponsor of Hydra or Team Hydra. Um, so you'll be literally, you'll be advertised as an official uh, contributor. Um, I will also have merchandise coming out. Uh, so I have a t-shirt design being made. Uh, so uh, keep a lookout for those on my socials it'll be really cute awesome glad we were able to help you amplify that message you've been thank you you've been our most recurring guest so far Excellent. so if you've liked clayton's hanging out with us consider go kicking him a few bucks for the miss atlanta pageant and if you're in the area and you can be safe about it Consider going out to support them at Lips on, you said, the 15th of April? Uh, 25th. Before we dive into the Book of Boba, Chapter 3, I have not one, but two things that Charles fucked up. (laughs) This is an extra special one. 
Uh, thing number one is not really a thing I fucked up, but just a thing I forgot about until TikTok reminded me. If you look at our TikTok, let me wind back. A big question that we had with Boba episode one was, what the fuck is a stormtrooper doing in the Sarlacc pit? Ah, yes, yes, yes. What? How did one get there? Is it the Devastator crew that got... Well, Darth Chaco on TikTok provided an answer, which was that way back in the 2015 run for the Darth Vader comics, this was one of like, this is like issue one or two. Vader goes to negotiate with Jabba and leaves a garrison behind. So there was actually a garrison of stormtroopers on Tatooine, probably the ones that Jabba tossed into the pit at some point. So... That's how a stormtrooper probably ended up in the Sarlacc pit. The other much more nitpicky one. Uh, okay, so on, on the last episode, I said that Asherod Het was one of the first times the Tuscans got humanized. And Asherod Het first appeared in Star Wars 1998, number 10. That is technically correct. However, I overlooked that his father, Sherrod Het, was actually the first time we got some humanization of the Tuscans, and he appeared in Star Wars 1998, issue 7. I apologize to all the Legends fans in the audience who were offended by the fact that I forgot about Sherrod Het and credited Asherod Het with being the first time. I deeply apologize to all three of you. (laughs) All three of you comic book nerds. I'm like, are the legends people the ones that like you offend the most? I feel like they, I feel like that's the case. Uh, I'm not sure how many of our listeners actually are very familiar with legends. This would be something that I would love to find out is how many, how many are actually, because we don't talk about it a lot on the show, right. Right. but only I you have... do because only you know. So I, I feel like you right. would get mad about it. It's me. <laughs> it's he, me he gets and mad at himself. Right, it's right. true i'm just like are you writing your own like karen reviews like is it I you am. that you're apologizing to <laughs> all the negative reviews you see that bash me for not knowing about legends those were written by me two or by three yourself? days later when i realized my mistake 100 let's go ahead and dive into this episode bradley do you want to give us the summary that i'm sure you wrote this time i did i was prepared this time <laughs> Surprise, surprise. He prepares. That's how you know he's the bottom. Oh, well, thank God. <laughs> this week, Boba Fett takes on Black Chrysanthemum, makes some new allies with Rainbow Biker Gang, and gets a brand new pet. Clayton, what's one thing you liked about this episode and one thing you did not? One thing I liked. Um, so trying to think of the thing i liked the most um i liked kersantan like being there like i literally screamed when he like yanked them out of the um like when he yanked them out of the back to tank and everything i literally screamed and i'm like oh my god what's happening uh so that was a nice surprise um because i don't know a lot about kersantan so i enjoyed reading up more about about him um, I do. His, appearance, his, 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 I am, I am sure. Um, and his uh, prevalence in the comics and the relationship that he has with Boba Fett in the comics. Um, so I'm sure we'll see more about him. So I enjoyed that. I am all about like humanite or like um, turning a rancor into a, a little bit. 
Um, so I enjoyed when the, the, the ranker showed up and was offered as a pet. Uh, so I'll enjoy if that yields any fun scenes in the future. Um, so I like both of those things. What I didn't like the, the, the speeder bike chase. Like I just, I have, I have thoughts like them as henchmen and the working for Boba and the chase scene itself. I just didn't like. And uh, what about you, Sir Charles? So one thing I really liked about this episode was this really highlighted something Boba is doing really well. And it is very meta where they're managing to bring in a lot of exciting stuff that is familiar to fans. Uh, But all the stuff people were like freaking out about and trying to theorize on before the show aired turned out to mean absolutely nothing. (laughs) <laughs> I love that Sophie's Turner, Sophie Turner's character is just some random like street thug that just is on the streets of Tatooine. I love that uh, the K symbol, which good on you, Claudia, I believe from RuPaul's Pod Race for figuring out that was a K symbol. It's just the Kenton Striders. It's just some new swoop bike gang. But at the same time, we've got like the Pikes coming in and playing a huge role. We've had a Rancor show up which mm-hmm. I checked, Bradley, is not on your bingo card. Uh, technicality. Uh, I'm going to count it. one specific Rancor, which is not the same I, Rancor. I did, but I'm going to technicality use it because I feel like it's going to get really hard to get bingo points moving forward um, based on the stuff that I picked. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to count this one once we get to it, but I, I'm counting it as a bingo <laughs> because... I feel like it was unrealistic of me to select one particular type. I think I should have just said, like, in general, Rancor. And then that's what it is. I, uh, I Rancor. Think Rancor in quotes. Right. Rancor. Okay, fine. I, I will permit this. Uh, but only, only because I feel like you need a win right now. That's right. Uh, one thing I disliked. The death of the Tuscan was so uncomfortable to watch that it genuinely dampened the rest of my first viewing of the episode to the point where I liked the episode when I went to bed. And when I woke up the next morning, the sour taste in my mouth was still so bad that I actually decided I didn't really like this episode. I just liked the individual components of it. And we'll get to that more in my final thoughts. But the the Tuscan stuff was just so gross that it just soured the whole thing for me. Like just got my brain. And we'll get into, when we get to that scene, we'll get into a little bit on my perspective. And I stress that it's my perspective on why that was a problem for me to watch. But that was the thing I disliked. And I also mentioned this on Twitter, like, no surprises for guessing what the thing I'm going to say I disliked this week was. It was the really bad choice of killing off the Tuscans off screen. So those were my thing I liked and thing I disliked. Bradley, what about you? One thing you liked and one thing you didn't like. Um, the one thing I liked was I love the introduction of Baby Raincor. I think that's going to be moving forward um a great funko pop to add to my wall is boba (laughs) riding rancor i know it's gonna happen it's going to happen i mean if i have 
Mando riding a bantha, and I have Mando on. Um, They're called blurgs, Bradley. Blurgs. Sorry, I keep forgetting that. Um, so I have. Mando I know you don't a listen to as many <laughs> podcasts as I. I'm in the middle of listening to uh, all of the Force Friends rewatch Mando coverage for reasons that I won't talk about yet. And uh, they've been talking a lot about the blurg. So I just have the blurgs on my brain right gotcha. now. Well, I'm blurgs. excited because I know I'm going to get a Boba riding Rancor Funko Pop in the future. Um, so that's why I really like the Rancor. Um, also, I feel like I technically could get a Boba riding Bantha because that was a thing. That's one thing I liked. One thing I did not like was the formatting of the episode i genuinely is just like what we said with that one episode and one episode two feels like the editing is off plot wise like i feel like what we said was last time episode one and two felt like one complete story one episode and a part one and part two this is a similar situation i felt like we only got part one of the episode because it abruptly ends with this pike storyline that doesn't go anywhere it just stops and it's not in a normal the episode ends on a cliffhanger kind of thing because it really wasn't a cliffhanger it was just kind of like um, like the rest of the information is not there and i feel like it'll get solved in the beginning of the next episode and then be good this episode was a lot and again i'll touch on this in my final thoughts it was a lot of setting a bunch of things up yeah that really should have been done in the pilot. By the time we're in episode three, right? we should kind of be a little more understanding of where we're going. Like looking at this right. versus Mando episode three, which was the conclusion of their sort of pilot trilogy. But at least by that episode, we had basically figured out what was going to happen in this show. Right. And what sucks is that we are technically, I mean, if you want to give it, uh, a, a number we are at the technical halfway point of the story and so I don't feel like we are because I don't feel like we know who the true villain is anymore because that was the whole crux of the last episode we were like oh it's obviously the twins the twins and Boba fighting for power like that's and the then whole they just entire thing. fuck off in this episode exactly right. and it felt like such a missed opportunity and now I'm like pissed off because it's doing? like uh, if, and I felt like a lot of the stuff that happens in this episode was, oh, that thing is going away and now we're never going to see it again. Based on what they've kind of context clues given us, it just seems like all these characters just fuck off and you're like, those are the best characters. Why are they going away? So yeah, once we they get abruptly to, uh, end, yeah. They abruptly we'll, we'll end the Tuscan story and then the freaking twins are like just fucking off and I'm like, yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, the Pike story was entered and now it just abruptly just stops. So it's. So we'll see. But yeah, it's like, congratulations, the Pikes are here. And like, he clearly has a grudge with the Pikes from what happened with the Tuscans. Right. But it, it clearly he has some sort of, because I was watching it back. I was watching these a second time to take my notes. I was watching it back and, and his reaction upon learning the Pikes are there is very much of somebody who's like, okay, I'm going to murder all of their faces now. Like, clearly he has something against them. But since it hasn't been shown to the audience yet, we don't necessarily care that the Pikes have shown up. Right, yeah, there's no... The resolve was not there because, as far as we know so far, the only problem he has are the swoop bike gang, not the fucking Pikes. Mm -hmm. So it's like, really, he doesn't 
doesn't really match up right yet. So and that's why I said it's kind of like a part one and part two. I feel like mm-hmm. in the next episode, they'll explain why the pikes are a piece of shit. And then we'll figure it out. But it's like, why are you doing this part one and part two thing to us when I need to be, it needs to be all established early on and it wasn't, but that's okay. It should have been one longer episode. Episode two was like 57 minutes or something like that. And this episode was only 38. Like, compare it, compare it to, to like the Bad Batch where the Bad Batch had an extra long pilot. Now the Bad Batch was episodic. It is worth yeah. mentioning too that uh-huh. Bad Batch is episodic. Mando is to a degree episodic. It kind of walks the line. Boba is very much a serial. Yeah. yeah. Boba expects you're going to tune in every week. It It's not a thing you can watch out of order. Right. It's like how to get away with murder. You can't just like put on how to get away with murder episode 11. No, and you would ex- be totally expect lost. that people know what's going on. But even that one's kind of episodic. It's, I don't know. It's, it, it's episodic. I'd like to say, like, the, the writer of that knows how to write cliffhangers. Like, let's just right. be real about that. Uh, I don't know I, how you do it with how man, without uh, the Book of Boba is formatted. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like I watched the first episode and I, you know, I, I pick and choose very carefully what things I show to my boyfriend who I'm forcing to watch through Star Wars in return for watching a fuck ton of anime. Kill a Kill How are you is making him start? Kill a Kill is a weird show. We watched Rebels and then Rogue One and then the original trilogy. You started him with Rebels first. I started him with Rebels and I will defend this choice because he really likes episodic TV. He really likes animated TV. I knew that he would love the characters and starting with Rebels means that he didn't have to know a lot. He just had to pick up the ghost crew and he could basically, I could basically explain anything else that popped in. That's interesting. Well, because I, I, I'm a big fan of starting with Rogue One, introducing adults to Star Wars. I never thought about starting with Rebels. So if they like TV, interesting. Rebels. Yeah, 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 yeah. But because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a boy that doesn't know anything about Star Wars. So now I may actually copy your strategy. So I don't know. We'll it, see. Yeah, like. And, and people have talked about like when they're introducing people to books, pick a book that mm. you think they'd like that's with a movie they'd like. I take the same thing with the visual media. I was like, okay, you like this. Here's a Star Wars thing. But my point was when I finished watching the first episode of Book of Boba, I was like, okay, we're going to wait till this whole show is done because I don't think he'd enjoy watching it week to week. Mm-hmm. I really don't. We should probably get into this episode here. Yeah, let's get let's go in because uh, <laughs> otherwise we'll be here all night. Talking. Bradley's like, shut the fuck up. Let's get into the episode. <laughs> That's one of Bradley's jobs as a co-producer on this show is <laughs> is to tell me to shut the fuck up. Right. And we ramble when I'm here, so I'm not helping. Like, <laughs> chapter three begins with our favorite torture droid. Filling in Boba on who's in charge of what territory of Moss Espa, when Lortha Peel comes in to complain about a bike gang stealing his water. Boba agrees to confront them, but decides to hire them instead. Uh, so Bradley, were you happy to finally see your Bomar monk shot that you were bitching about in the trailer? I fucking hate the fact that one, that shot was not updated. It was the exact same shot shot for shot from the trailer they didn't bother to change it they didn't do anything different with it 
And I thought, damn, you guys had the opportunity. Like, you know how when they show video game trailers and it says footage not final? That's what that shot is. Footage not final. And they say that for a reason, because when the video game comes out and everything's done, you're like, wow, this is much prettier. There's like a filter on it. There's like all this kind of shit going on. They didn't do that. They kept it the basic fucking animation that they got it's just off their motion. computer. Like it's, it. it's very, it's weird. It sticks out because it's very obviously stop motion as opposed to like the huts or the Rancor yeah. that it's are obviously CGI or Kersantan, who's a, a very attractive man in a suit. Whoa, versus, calm down, Charles. <laughs> uh, I will not. <laughs> um, this thing was very obviously stop motion. So to me, it was a little bit weird. It just kind of stuck out a bit as of this would be very impressive if this were a good chunk of the effects on the show. It's not, it's just a random section of it. Right. We get a little more on 8D8. Uh, we can definitely understand his fear because if we remember from Return of the Jedi that I just watched the other weekend, Jabba was known for having protocol droids that offended him uh, destroyed. So <laughs> I see. Oh, so that's why he was like, I just want to offend you because... Uh... <laughs> because Jabba had a habit. There's a line right. in Return of the Jedi that's like, uh, yes, uh, it's like Evie or something, the, the droid that does the assignments is like, the master has need of a new protocol droid uh, because he got mad Again. at the last one and had it incinerated. Who do you wonder was probably doing the incinerating? <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. With a useless flamethrower. With a useless flame. Oh, sure. They. I think they had a furnace. <laughs> I have to watch that scene again. Right. Uh, much more. Much more effective. Uh, I. I love Phoenix. Do they have an appointment? <laughs> like, do they have an appointment? Uh, I love she's her. Starting to, she's starting to let the um, mayor's major demo run off on her. I guess she's, she's like, mm -hmm. have an appointment? No, they don't. The theme of Book of Boba Fett is, do you have an appointment? Right. <laughs> In Fennec's case, do they have an appointment? No. Can I kill them? Wait. Right. Please wait. <laughs> please, please don't. Bubba's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy who plays Lortha Peel, let me pull him up, is a yes, gentleman by the up. name of Stephen Root. Uh, he has been in, he's a comedian. He's, he's done a lot of comedy. Lots of comedy. He has done, uh, looks like Office Space he was in in 1999. He was in he Veep. Was, I literally just watched that. He was in Masters of the Universe Revelation, a show that I just reactivated my Netflix. I watched Arcane. I'm watching The Witcher. Then I will watch He-Man. Bradley, stop okay. asking me to watch He-Man. I know it's gay. I will get to it. <laughs> I want to watch The Witcher first. Um, you think He-Man? That's hilarious. Uh, I, I had my Netflix canceled for a long time. Oh. Well, Steven does the voice of Cringer, the, the tiger, so or slash battle cat. So he does. I was the, about to say, tiger. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, fun fact, uh, Steven Root uh, has done everything. Um, every franchise possible. So he not only beats the Disney trifecta, he beats a lot of other trifectas if you scroll down far enough in his IMDb page. Does he get the Disney trifecta? He does. Uh, I'm doing it on a technicality because he does a lot of voices. He's um, very funny, so I'll give it to him. What did he do I'll, in Marvel? 
so he did um in marvel there was a um, guardians of the galaxy animated show and he did a voice in that so i have to give oh, it to him yes. because that's his marvel thing and then he's I, done fuck ton of disney so yeah i just why i was i'm re-watching veep over and over again and he's like uh yeah, y'all watch veep yeah he's the dad he's I, the gary's dad in that and yep. like i just i can't oh my god i just really? i just I just watched a uh, yeah because have you seen Beep Charles? I have. Yeah. Okay. So, so like the that. episode, the episode where they go and like get, for Gary's fortieth birthday and his dad's like like a closeted like metro like closeted like weirdo like acting presenting man, but also takes these boys on camping trips slash hunting trips like <laughs> and just and then the wife's like, oh, he just grooms these boys for his work at his law firm. It's right. fine. And right. I'm like. <laughs> the no the fuck so i just watched that episode and then i watched the third episode of Bo- book of boba fett and he walks in uh at the beginning of the episode and i'm like oh my fucking god i can't take this seriously <laughs> after just watching that episode of veep <laughs> what was his disney what was his disney thing Bradley? what wasn't his disney um he was in finding nemo and finding dory as bubbles the fish uh he yeah. was um, he was bubbles he was Bubbles the fish, the little I didn't yellow fish. Know that. Um, he oh was in uh, Gravity Falls, Star versus the Forces of Evil, Amphibia. Um, yeah, it looks like he was in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Adventure was in... Time. Like he does everything. Guys. Awesome, like, dude. He has done everything. The last thing he was in that I'm going to bring up because I do not think enough people watched it. Uh, he was in Turn, Washington Spies, as Nathaniel Sackett. Uh, Turn is a series that I love and no one else has seen. I was gonna say I've never heard of that, but okay. But I'd say it's very typical of you to like love things <laughs> that no one else likes. So that and, tends, I, that I, tends okay. to be the case here. AKA legend. Why? Who said that? No. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Says <laughs> says says the woman who wants to to do drag is Darth Talon. Okay. Hey, hey, Darth Talon. Doesn't matter how like not as powerful as she might be. She looks like a badass. Like so. We just need uh, to rework I, her. We just need to rework the storyline a little. I would say you should do Lorna D, but you don't know who that is from the uh, High well, Republic. That, yeah, no, I know. I, well, I, I, yeah, because I, I read, I read about her uh, at one point. No, yeah, we can get into that. Um, wait, who is the? Uh, so it's bugging me. Stephen had a character um, since we were still talking about him. He wore like the big eye glass. Uh, uh, Really magnifying glasses. What movie was that? that he office was in? space. It, I think was that was that no, that was wasn't office. office space. Yeah, it was office was space. It? I'll I'll have to probably look it up later. We'll have yeah, to figure it out research, later. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do a lot of research into this. Uh, you know, Star Wars Explained puts out his like Easter eggs and things you might have missed in the episode. Uh, I meant to do a lot of research on this, and then work got very busy. But apparently the um, swoop bike gang mm-hmm. is invocative of an actual historical scooter gang in London. I think called the Mods. Let me Google that real quick. That's kind of funny. That's what it's called. I have, I have a joke about them, about. but I don't. I think I. Uh, or that, that maybe that maybe what the they call themselves in the show. I don't. Not know. the rainbow. Not the rainbow bike it's riders. It's not called rainbow, rainbow bike right. I'm not That's sure. That's what I call them. I don't know what their rainbow official name is, but rainbow riders. Rainbow. rainbow riders. 
Well, Star rainbow Wars explained. No, rainbow, Star Wars like, explained. Like, like, like Rainbow Bright, but Rainbow Brighters. Oh, rainbow uh-huh. Brighters. I personally, I personally love the the GSA Scooter Brigade. Like, I'm a huge yeah. fan of it. Yeah, no. Uh, go check out the Star Wars Explained video. He talks about an actual scooter gang that these guys ah, were sort okay. of based on. So I'm gonna wait to make fun of them until we talk about the scene. So. Okay. Next up is Sophie uh, Thatcher. Yes, Sophie Thatcher. Let's talk about her. She's only done a few things. I only wrote down the one thing that she's currently doing because that's I think that's what most people would know her for. Do, right do you want to talk about the one thing? Because I haven't been watching it, Bradley. I this haven't is either. Chance to sell me on I it. genuinely don't know what it is. I just saw it was like the thing that she had photos for on IMDb. So it's called Yellow Jackets. Um, oh, so- okay. So I have no idea what that is, but pretentious gay well, my, men my... that I follow on Twitter seem to really like yellow jackets when they're not screaming about the new scream movie, pun intended. Oh my god, yeah. All the gay porn Twitter uh, boys are all sweet, screaming, screaming about scream. Haha. Like um, my grandma brought up yellow jackets earlier tonight, like an hour ago. She's like, You all seen yellow jackets? And I'm like, what the fuck is that? I don't know what that is. And then I remember seeing like a trailer for it. So. I think it's on Amazon or something like that. Is it? Okay. it's one of those yeah. um but yeah i wasn't into it because it's very much uh lord of the flies but girls so i'm just like, okay because i thought it was like another version of like pretty little liars or um like because i said I mean, that and my grandma's is. like is it well i said that and my grandma was like no it's not like that at all and i'm like okay yeah. like you it's, just killed it's... off my third bottle of champagne i don't care what you think like um <laughs> it's um it's like it's lost but with girls like that's it like they're all like on a volleyball oh. team or some bullshit or, i mean i don't know what the actual don't come for me people Weird. i don't know what the sport is but the whole thing is like say, yellow don't, don't don't piss right. off lost like right. oh um, god but okay yeah it's just girls stranded on an island that's all it is oh uh, well uh, that sounds terrible <laughs> <laughs> sounds like my worst nightmare right 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 no. exactly so oh I'm not God. Into it. We'll have to cut that out. Don't cancel <laughs> me. Oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, does anybody else think that Moss Espa is just getting bigger with every establishing shot? Because when it's all right, made up, I thought you it can was tell much it's, smaller. It's huge. This thing is giant. We were yeah. theorizing like a week or two ago that what happened was it's actually this huge city. And Qui-Gon landed the ship like right outside the city limits and went to literally the first used car dealership that's just right over the county line and immediately staked the whole future of the galaxy on this one auto merchant out in the boonies. Because it's massive. Like with the lights up, you can see it. It is gigantic. Gigantic, just like my crush on several of the male members of the speeder bike gang. Can we talk about how hot they all are? I totally thought you were that sentence was going to go somewhere else, but then I know I was way. like, uh, where's uh, that going? Yeah, these men are very hot. Bradley were fully prepared for you to brag about the size of your manhood, but no, um, uh, I will not be disclosing details about that on this show. I'll just ask your boyfriend. It's fine. Like. He'd probably tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all uh, of these all of these men are hot. Yeah. I don't disagree. Like the side the cyborg could get it. Like uh the, the one with the big the cyborg. Oh. Well, they're all yes. technically cyborgs, I guess. Uh but so the one with like the, the only, big the eye. 
he's the only one who I saw that got a name mention um, because he's been in other stuff. Uh, yes, the mm-hmm. gentleman's name is, I'm literally looking at the cast list, uh, sure. trying to find it, and uh, Jordan Bulger. There, there he is. He was up higher on the cast list. Mm-hmm. Jordan Bulger is the gentleman's name, and he could absolutely get it. Like can definitely, bul- can definitely Bulger. Bulger, um, well, I'll yeah, Bulger him down. I don't know. He's the only one. <laughs> he's the only one that, other than Sophie Turner, that's listed on IMDb. Sophie Thatcher. Um, you said you keep you keep saying Sophie Turner, and like I about Sophie Thatcher. Sorry, okay. so I was a big I Game of Thrones fan. Okay, for yeah, me years. Too. And he said Sophie Turner earlier in the episode, and I shut my mouth. I'm like. Was fucking like Sansa in this goddamn episode? It's so funny. I didn't even realize I said that. I I literally have it in my head. I was a Game of Thrones fan. I have brain rot. I can't help myself. That's hilarious. Oh my god! I literally was just internally screaming. I'm like, I really Uh, should have watched this episode again because if there are worms in my brain, okay, (laughs) yeah, cool. Well, now I know that you're just having brain rot and oh, my, my brain God. hasn't rotted to that degree yet. Because if I hadn't missed Sansa in this episode and I didn't see her, I would have like, shit. Like, oh my uh, God. Yeah, get Sophie Turner in uh, in a Star Wars, please. She should. Like, they already, should. we already had, we, we have Amelia Clark already, which apparently she's going to get a series. Okay, I don't want to get you off topic, but. We, yeah. we don't, we don't address things that are unconfirmed on, on unconfirmed. the show, but I... There are also rumors that she might be getting her own series. Um, yeah, I, I, I really also hope that's true. Rumored to get her own series. I saw, I saw that earlier today, actually. That's the I first am I gonna saw say, that. I am going to say, if you like Kira, uh, the current run of the Star Wars comics, Charles Soule, who is one of the High Republic authors, is taking the reins on, we're in a trilogy of event series centered around the return of Crimson Dawn. So she's a major player in the comics right now. So I would totally watch that. So. Yeah, there. Charles Soule is a very good writer, and is there's a bit where she actually talks to Leia, and it's everything I ever dreamed it would be and more. Aww. But returning to Jordan Bulger, uh, he has <laughs> he looks like he's been in a lot of TV stuff, uh, yeah. in recurring roles, uh, a show called David Makes Man. He was in the 100, Peaky Blinders, Into the Bad. Okay, yeah. I was like, I saw him in something, and I'm like, it must have been Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Yeah, probably Peaky Blinders. I love that show. 100%. I hope nothing happens to him. Because we Um, we all want to screw him. So, yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. That is is accurate. I did like, I literally have Sophie Turner written in my notes. Oh, you, wow. at least I wrote it down. You're the, you the fucking worst. I'm call. I'm gonna like tweet her, like, and oh tag it. Oh my god! I, I am ta- so sorry, this, Sophie this Turner and Sophie too. Thatcher. I have brain rot. Uh, this is what you get for being a Game of Thrones fan while it was airing. Your brain never recovers. Oh my god. I did think it was a neat twist on what we expect with the street rats for him to be like, mm. I'm going to recruit you. And it's not even like, oh, you're badass. I'm going to recruit you. Right. They make good points. Like, there's no work. Right. This guy is overcharging us. We can't go back to work because there is no work to be had. And he's like, okay, cool. Come work for me. I did. Yeah. 
it was a very easy it was a very easy solution to what they could have made a whole big deal out of but there's like nah I'm, i'm gonna nip this shit in the butt right now like you know you kids are gonna get off the streets and come work for me and i'm gonna put you on the streets to like you know do my bidding um yeah. There's a there's a note I have later with something specific where we're highlighting a lot of ways the difference between Jabba and Boba. Mm-hmm. The way Boba's running things versus the way Jabba's running things. And this scene is indicative in a lot of ways of how Boba mm-hmm. is planning to run things. He listens to both sides and then he comes to a decision that benefits everybody. Benefits uh, some jerk-ass people less Right. But it does benefit everybody. I think they're purposely highlighting the contrast in how he presents to the public and how Java or any of the HUDs would be presented to the public because, you know, they only, the HUDs are only presented in parade fashion. Like they don't go out and do their own work. They send their deputies. They like, you know, they, they don't, they don't go out and handle their own shit. So, and they, and they purposely are like, are focusing in on that. And I think that'll, uh, I guess they'll, that'll come to a head at some point in the series. Title card, The Streets of Mas Espa. I hate you so much. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. You um, dramatic fucking twink. It's because well, he I, knows I'm about to make fun of it. Like, well, <laughs> it's funny because, every, like, again, they keep disappointing us with the name of the episode. Because I'm so you're... mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so genuinely week... angry. Rupalps, so Rupalps Padres literally invented a new segment called the Books of Boba Fett. Yes. Where one host was going to explain the book. So they went on this long explanation of Stranger in a Strange Land, which <laughs> helpfully covered all of the reasons I hate that book. And it's all right, right, right. And then had to retire it in the next episode because it turned out that was only for episode one. And I feel their pain truly because I mean, at least last episode, Calvin was able to educate you on Dune. Right. So that the something. episode wasn't called Dune. It was called Tribes of Tatooine. So it's just funny. Wait, that... Brad, wait, wait, wait. Bradley hasn't seen Dune. Bradley, well, you want no, to tell I... him? I've seen Dune and we were talking about how I fell asleep during the new movie because it was long and boring. <gasps> um, but it gasp. was, uh, I know gasp. gay gas, but it was. Um, if there's one I good thing it. from this podcast, it's being able to put Bradley falling asleep during the new Dune movie on blast. That's so anyway. yeah, that's going to create all, that's creating a whole new gay rage anyway. Right. Um, no, but I, I, I feel, now I'm wondering like, okay, so, so, the next episode is going to be called the dune seas of tatooine like i don't know what it's you know what i mean like are they the just blank getting lazy? of blank they're doing right. the game of thrones thing where it's like the blank of blank yeah blank it's like blank. whatever place this plot takes place is like the that's going to be the next title so i don't know we'll see um so the theories on next week's episode is going to be the dining room of boba fett um uh, that's my theory because that the dinner scene has to be next week because we keep joking that it's the next episode it's the next episode because it was in the goddamn trailer and we can they play still have to what they're going to name the episode right so <laughs> that's what i think or and maybe it'll be called like, so in, instead of dinner with schmucks it's dinner with trandoshans god damn it that's what it's going to be called 
I think that's what the next one is. Um, okay, anyway, let's go into the next section. Back in the back to tank, we see Boba travel to Moss Eisley to collect on behalf of the Tuscans. But we learn that the Striders are already providing protection to the Pikes. Boba vows to solve this problem and returns to the Tuscans only to find them dead. So we'll talk about all the cute little Easter eggs and stuff first. Uh, and then we'll talk, then I'll, I'll do my serious talk about. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do Easter eggs first. We'll do that's, Easter eggs first. That's the cute stuff. Let's do the cute stuff first. The frog outside of Java's palace is a cute little nod to Return of the Jedi. Right. I'm like, very that's similar exactly shot what it was. Where it just zaps out. The Camino scene is the same scene from episode two extended. Yeah. And I have a theory yeah. about this. I think this is the night that Django left to go to Coruscant. Mm. So the Coruscant for to do stuff. To, to um, go kill Padme. Right. But I'm just about to say, I'm like when he was hired to kill have, when he was kill hired Padme, to kill Padme. Yeah. So this is like, like, he, he, he would have he would have gone to Coruscant for all sorts of shit. But like you're you're implying specifically this in Attack of the Clones. episode. So this this ties directly into the beginning of episode two. Correct. Like, that's okay, my theory. It. That makes sense. Is, okay. This yeah, is yeah. the yeah. night that Django left to go to Coruscant to take that job that will eventually kill him. Do you have a, mm. do you have a theory of why that's significant to Boba and? I do. I think that they're going to have we're going to have a flashback to them having to Django telling him something that uh, night. That's going to be about important. his career. And they're just as like a person, as like a father, <laughs> as his career. You know, if you want. Oh, to be by the way, I'm a bounty hunter. Well, <laughs> yeah, because I wonder. I'm like, you know, I know. I know. He was ever honest yeah. about how many people yeah, he yeah. killed. Like, like it's gonna be like in the very last episode or something. We're gonna finally see the whole flashback, and Django's gonna tell him like something that is inspiring and will be the reason for right. him thinking about stuff at the end. That's my theory. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, when we enter Moss. When we enter Moss Eisley, did you guys catch our not one but two Mando references? Yes, I did. You want to tell me what they are? Um, the more non-obvious one is the, or maybe it's obvious, is the spiked helmets from the quote-unquote Mando trailer. I'll say that that's what it was most prominently shown in. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. We see that garrison see- I mentioned at the top of the episode has been right. uh, killed and are being <laughs> spiked. Uh, and we but, find out what random guy did it. <laughs> but, Not that we needed to know that, but you know. Who's who's wandering around behind? Pelimoto. We see a little shot of Pelimoto. Which I love because also timeline-wise, like I don't think it matters when it happened, but it's kind of nice to see that she was like walking around with her little pit droids in the background when Boa was kind of like I, I don't know how close they're trying to get this to mando season two so i'm trying to see like is this like maybe she's on her way back to the hangar and then mando lands in her hangar you know what i mean like i don't know where they're trying to like connect it but i think pretty close uh it's no it's it's gotta be he's five been years, with the tuscans right? for an indeterminate amount of time so right. it's if they're spiking the helmets they must have just kicked the empire off the, the planet. yeah Right. In the flashbacks, they had just toppled the Empire. Like, mm-hmm. and Boba wouldn't have known this yet until he literally just rode in 
to Moss Eisley and the Bantha. That's maybe he, maybe been a couple of months. Yeah, right, because like no, he's been because he got taken, like, he escaped from a Sarlacc pit, got taken up by the by the Tuscans, and he's basically been with them the whole time. Like, and I think and this is his first time going them. into. Right, been with them for but, months. Right, so and he wouldn't. He didn't know what the hell was going on outside of that. So this is his first. Like he sees all the Spike Stormtrooper helmets, and he's like, "Well, hmm. shit." They yeah. defeated the Empire. Cool. Anyways, I'm gonna go talk to the fucking Pikes, like, because I don't give a shit about that. Like, <laughs> speaking of the Pike that he talks to, uh, the Pike is being voiced by a gentleman named Phil Lamar, who is a prominent voice actor on Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Most particularly, he was the voice of Bail Organa in that show but he's also provided additional okay. star wars voices so he got to be the voice of the pike leader oh no i didn't yeah, i was gonna say like i didn't really like i didn't like his voice like because i'm used to the pikes being more menacing like if that makes sense like if you go back to like how they sounded throughout the clone Wars series like i wouldn't think that the guy who voiced bail organa and how he sounds would be like a crime boss the pike leader mentions obadia We've seen mm-hmm. Obadiah before yeah. in season seven of the Clone Wars. That is, I mm-hmm. believe, where Ahsoka and the Martez sisters were taken. Pike Homeworld. Obadiah, Obadiah. I'm called, yeah. It's like tomato, tomato. Because I've heard it called both. Obadiah, Obadiah. It's the whole, is it Marcion? Is it Martian thing? Right. There's this whole thing in Star Wars, like, how the fuck do you pronounce this? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Mm. I, I don't know. Say. Bradley, it's, do you have an opinion? Uh, is it Han or Han? You know, I mean... <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, ask, ask, ask Lando Calrissian. It's whatever know. Billy D. Williams decides it's going to be. Yeah. That man it. can say whatever yeah. he wants. And if he's saying it in that silky 80s voice of his... Right. I buy I, it. I mean, I, I would say general rule of thumb with Star Wars is like, however it's said in the visual media is how it is pronounced right i don't know who i don't know who the fucking authority would be and how it's pronounced i don't really care but it's just funny it's, <laughs> there's we, we, I, do, I do care <laughs> i i just recorded a fallen star episode that i'm in the process of editing now with hope from jag guys and jedis and hope makes chris watch cartoons and chris from dark side divas just talking about the fallen star book and one of the things we bring up is the debate in how exactly are you supposed to pronounce the main villain of the High Republic era's name? Because it's pronounced several different ways. This is an ongoing thing in Star Wars fandom right now. How the mm. fuck do you say this right? How do they Don't... say it in the audiobooks? Both ways. See? They do. He's pronounced Martian Rowe in Light of the Jedi and Rising Storm. And then literally the same guy, Mark Thompson, switches to Markeon Rowe in Fallen Star. Well, there's just no fucking help at all. There's 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 discourse anyway we won't we won't we won't okay, get great. you started <laughs> you know better than you've been on I this show not, before you know better I am than not that. i'm not taking that bait let's address the elephant in the room and i'm or gonna the, talk the bantha in the room the bantha in the room, the the bantha in the room. 
the bantha no longer only the bantha only <laughs> the, the bantha is left oh no, not the, the elephant not bad. the elephant not the elephant disguised as the bantha in the right? game <laughs> right 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 as we hey it's a callback still, callback, still, callback. still shook by that by the way let's like, address the elephant in the bantha costume in the room and talk I'm at least going to talk just briefly about why watching the Tuscan scene was so uncomfortable for me. And it goes back to, as you would know, if you've been a longtime listener of the show, I'm a big history nerd, big history nerd. Uh, I'm also a writer and I try to incorporate history stuff into my writing. And when you're incorporating historically inspired stuff or culturally inspired stuff into your writing you have to be very careful about how you address it like i use the example of when i watch media and i see quote unquote gay men dying of aids used as a shorthand for things so someone has the blisters that makes me uncomfortable to watch not because it personally happened to me but because it's part of my history Mm -hmm. part of my group's history part of the gay history watching the scene with the tuscans and knowing that they just spent an entire episode characterizing them as indigenous peoples to turn around and watch them get wiped out in the next episode Knowing that, yes, that did happen to a lot of indigenous peoples, and that was very bad, but you didn't have to specifically invoke it with this choice, Mm -hmm. was uncomfortable for me to watch. And the only thing I could think of is, it would really suck to be a person of indigenous descent and watch this. And on top of that, it's just a lazy choice. Like I was talking to somebody today And we were spitballing back and forth better ways to do this Mm -hmm. where you could have been like, well, maybe like they get attacked and they don't all die. But then Boba realizes that, you know, he's being a danger to them by being there. And if he wants to help them, he has to go back and do things from the other side of things. He can't necessarily return. Like there's other ways you could have done this that didn't invoke the indigenous peoples getting wiped out trope. Yeah. This did. So, this is the biggest black spot on the episode in the series for me. Right. It's just hanging on here on my enjoyment is this was this was bad. This was a bad choice. This was a choice that was not considered the impact it was going to have on its audience. You have to be careful when you bring in actual historical things that happened how you do it. And I did not think this did it well. I'm speaking as a, a white person. I'm not descended from indigenous peoples. I am white. But my perspective watching it was knowing they'd just been characterized as indigenous peoples, watching them get wiped out was supremely uncomfortable for me to watch. So bad choice is what so I did, felt like that was. So I know we saw the leader dead. Um, we and see the I know leader they, dead, and we and see the imply, gaffy sticks for they, the warrior they, and the right. kid. 
in the kit, mm-hmm. right? So we they they just kind of imply that the other two are dead. Yeah, but we don't see a body, so we don't. Well, they they didn't want to show like a dead kid on screen, like True. or or the warrior and the kid got away. And they'll come God, back I in a later so. episode. God, I hope so. I thought I, I saw them. I, th- I thought that... I saw them lying there dead. Well, you know, we just see just bodies. And yeah. here's part I of my... I saw the kid lying there. Here's part of my problem too, because I don't even, think so. Even if they do this, even if they like try to backpedal on it slightly, yeah, and be like, no, some of them survived. Right. You still did the trope. You still did the of genocide the trope, right. getting wiped out. Two forward the outsider's pain like you still did that mm-hmm. that was a bad choice guys you can walk that back a little bit later but it's still a bad choice i would like to see if they do bring them back though it would be nice though like to be like hey here's the two or three or four or five or whatever who actually survived with the warrior and the kid now they've decided to kind of bring the other tribes together kind of thing to kind of like be like hey guys if we band together and we're not separate and we're not raiders anymore and we don't do this thing then we can survive and thrive yeah like almost if they did like a a great law of peace kind of thing i think was the hmm that, you know what I mean, like that again, would be the, it wouldn't the soften the really bad choice that they made in this episode, right? But like, we'll have to see, and that's it something would it would, it would, because uh, <laughs> it's not really me. It has to help. It's right, not right, really right. me yeah. that's going to be the most hit by this, right? I have like secondhand uncomfortableness from it, knowing how other people are going to feel right. watching this. You're you're just empathetic to the people that would actually really right. be like traumatized and I'm like well that sucks to show yeah wow that sucks to show like something that actually happened again I really hate it when things use AIDS iconography as a shorthand for dying of disease because that's part of my history is that happened to my subculture and it's really uncomfortable for me to watch that and so when things drop the ball like this that makes me really uncomfortable both just to watch it and to know how other people are going to react to it. I will say Tim acts the hell out of these scenes and like good job on him because he absolutely acts the hell out of it. And Mm -hmm. I, I did like the callback that he's the one to do the burial where remember back in episode Mm. two, he wasn't allowed to do the burial and now he's the only one left in doing it. I thought yeah. that that was effective, but the overall trope, bad, bad, John, bad. You need to hire I, diverse writers' rooms. Yeah, I mean, I actually I agree with with Charles and how he feels about it. Like, uh, because he messaged me yesterday and just like he vaguely invoked the scene, and I'm like, well, I haven't watched it yet. Like, so I guess we'll talk about it when we like talk about it tonight, or like we are now. And I'm like, what was what was bothering him so much about the Tuscans? And then I watched the scene. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, and then I pondered on it some more. And I'm like, well, I can see why they did it. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, it really was to me kind of lazy, a lazy out, like just to kill them off. And in the fashion they did it, they definitely could have done it better, been been more sensitive to, like those kind that that kind of trope 
Like, uh, and you made the point earlier that the episode's only 38 minutes long. Right. You could have added five minutes onto it to to yeah. tell a slightly better story. Yeah, I they always could've. make sure always make sure if I'm gonna discuss something that's a little bit sensitive on the show, this is a how the sausage is made. I will always, always, always tell our guests up front that I am going to bring it up. So okay. I had I had messaged Clayton ahead of time to say, hey, vaguely, heads up, I'm going to talk about this. Boba is suddenly pulled from the back to tank as Black Santan attacks. Members of the bike gang and the Gamorrean guards help fight back. Fennec manages to drop BK down in the Rancor pit, keeping him prisoner. Did not like this scene when I first watched it. But I think I was being too hard on it because I was coming off the back of the really bad Tuscan stuff. Yeah. Watching it on a rewatch, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good <laughs> it's fight. It's pretty scene. good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say though, it was it's shocking because you knew that, like, okay, so the formatting of the show so far has been always back to tank flashback right and then he always kind of comes out of it and slowly and then the back to tank opens up and the water drains yeah that's like kind of been the trope this right. is the first time we've been like a quick sudden huh, you know been shocked out of his dream sequence essentially and right who else to do about black or Santa? which by the way those fucking electrical brass knuckles are sick as fuck Oh the, yeah, God. I was I was shook at those when they activated those. I'm like, holy fuck! Like that's sick. With you imagine a flamethrower. <laughs> he's a fucking well. Boba like reaches for the flamethrower. He reaches for his Mandalorian armor, Stuff, and he yeah. can't uh-huh. get a hold of it. And he ends up grabbing the gaffy yeah. stick, which right somebody pointed out. I think is symbolic because right. it's the gaffy stick that ultimately saves his life. Right. Uh, I loved that. I, I I do want to know how Boba's walking around after that though. Oh, yeah, yeah I I fine. literally I thought he was gonna be crippled and he's like because after the fight was done and like the Gamorians got their shit wrecked, which by the way I still stand by the fact that like uh, the fat Gamorians probably would have stood a better chance like against Kersantan than these skinny Gamorians that are now in the, the Mando and Book of Boba. Kersantan has to tackle them down the stairs. Like <laughs> right, he, to catch them off guard. Ta- yeah. To catch them off guard. Like, they right. come in. Yeah. And he, like, which was... When I first watched it, was the only part of the fight that I really did like. Right. Was Kersantan... This fight was very unique because it was, it was like a wrestling match. Hmm. Like, yeah. Boba was using these very wrestling tackles on Kersantan. And I thought that was an interesting way of fighting which is sort of different than we've seen thus far right? on the show. I also, I, I love that the um, speeder bike gang, swoop, scooter gang comes in to help him. And like his mercy from the early part pays off. Right. Because the Gamorreans like, wouldn't have, have gotten that. there in time. Right. And Finnick right. was still down in the chamber, down in Jabba's chamber. They come in, they yeah. come in handy. They don't. They don't. They don't stop him. But you know, they they help. Like, it's very hard to stop Black Chrysanthemum when he gets going. Right. Right. Yeah. Chewbacca couldn't even stop Black Chrysanthemum. It took. Uh, it took a bunch of people working together to stop him. Well, no, I think Black Chrysanthemum. The whole point is that I think he's probably like twice Chewbacca's size and muscle mass. Like Black Chrysanthemum. 
fought Chewbacca like, and won. Ye- okay, yeah. Fought Chewbacca and won. Okay, cool. More things for me to me, me to know as I learn more about him. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, the whole bones cracking thing, like, and he literally, I mean, that was gruesome. Like, I was cringing when he was like breaking his fucking spine. I'm like, oh god, he's not gonna be able to walk. And then he just fucking walked. He's walking like, around his fucking deal at all. And he's like, oh yeah, put the Gamorrean that got his shoulder bit in the back of the tank. And I'm like, didn't you just have like 30 bones broken? Oh no, you're fine. Okay. So a, a little bit of a writing hole there for, for John. Like, I mean, he's, like, a, he's a spry 40. So, you know, he, he being uh, having oh, your bones crushed is nothing, you know? It's all right. Yeah. It, he's just that sexy. Right. He's just that <laughs> sexy. Who? Boba? Sir, Boba has like the dad bod going on. Like, your, we love it. Your sexual preferences are the most confusing thing on the fucking planet. I swear. I like <laughs> hot people. I like hot men. That's that's my sexual. You know, that's all muscle, right? He just likes power. I. I yeah, power talk. <laughs> all right. Your boyfriend. Anyway, um, your boyfriend. Moving on. Dad bod moving power. on. <laughs> Um, I did think it was a missed opportunity here uh, that Fennec was not in the fight. I did like her showing up and and nuking him at the end because it shows her resourcefulness. She doesn't just join in. She's she immediately solves the problem. But they basically are making her the rancor button pusher person. Yeah, he needs the rancor. Oh, the rancor button. (laughs) Like that's what they're making so, her do. They're they're not showing her off. Hear She's me pushing out. Pushing the rancor button. Hear me out. Uh, if Mingna Wen wants to press the rancor button to drop people into the rancor pit, Mingna Wen can do what she wants. But what I what I was saying is like because last week I did tell you, you know, I I made the theory right. I was like, oh, you know, I was half right because I did say Black Chrysanthemum was the physical aspect of the twins right he was the thing that was going to be the adversary for boba the physical fighting part unfortunately the um i said fennec would also be kind of having a showdown with black chrysanthemum because that would be like an ultimate kind of fight right to see like her cunningness versus his brute strength so it's kind of like a disappointment that i didn't get to see her kind of just come at any kind of hands with him i mean it's it yeah. her cunningness better her cunningness right. was that she didn't engage him exactly she dropped I mean, him it, into the yeah. pit and then knifed his hand to make him fall. <laughs> the next morning the twins arrive bearing a sorry we tried to kill you with a wookie gift as danny trejo pulls up with a raincore pup boba lets black k free and the raincore imprints on his new daddy boba Danny fucking Trejo as a fucking <laughs> rancor keeper is almost enough to merit this episode's existence. <laughs> How did we not see Danny Trejo showing up? How did we up not a, see Danny Trejo coming? Like, How did we not it, see that? It, I, it, it's the only thing that makes sense. We'll do anything. They'll do anything to get a Star Wars cameo. Yeah, and Danny Trejo is like Robert Rodriguez's cousin and like shows up in everything. So like obviously he was going to give him. He's in Spy Kids and Machete playing the same character. Oh, what if this is Machete? 
It's all machete. Oh every my single, god! Every single thing is it's machete. The same character. He's always playing the same character. He never changes oh my god. character. Turns out the whole series is going to get blown up, and surprise, it's machete. Like, <laughs> and he takes over as the plot. Like, right there, you go. <laughs> I I would watch a Danny Trejo Ranko, Danny Trejo Rancor spinoff. I would I would Danny do it. Trejo Danny Trejo running a Rancor with his sidekick with a um, a rocket launcher attached to her thigh. Like <laughs> there you go. Uh, I do I do want to discuss the sort of this dinner scene that happens with them where we kind of see Phoenix kind of really leaning a lot into the like crime lord aesthetic and Boba's like totally utilitarian. Like he almost seems annoyed by how much food is in front of him. Right. And Phoenix like, yeah. can you just chill and drink the wine at seven o'clock in the morning? Which right. I like that it shows the differences in their management styles and also how they talk to each other about it. Because it's not an argument. It's not a debate. They're just talking. But they clearly have very different priorities. Well, she's used to being an assassin. Like, you know, just kind of taking the gigs for hire, do the job, and that's it. She's not used to being the right hand of a crime lord. So if I were her, yeah, I'd be milking it for everything it was fucking worth. Right. And he's taking the revolutionary stance of how he wants to change how those things in his position are done. So if I were under him, I'd be like, fuck that. I want to have all the shit that Jabba had. So I can see why she acts the way she does. Right. And it shows also how, you know, Jabba and also by association, um, Bib Fortuna got so fucking fat is because... They would constantly oh, yeah. eat. And clearly, you know, when you get complacent, you know, that that physical transformation takes place. And so when you are in, a crime lord and everything's handled to you, you know, you in get the that. return in the return of the Jedi novelization, the original Legends ones, I think Jabba's original backstory was that that he had become he was a human and he had like mutated into this slug thing, mm. which is obviously they retconned that, which was a good like, idea. Yeah, no. Because that's a weird backstory to have for someone. But mm. the original novelizations are wild. Uh, Luke Skywalker's dog was Legends canon. Like it was canon to the dog. But he had a dog. Nice. Luke Skywalker owned a dog. I love dogs. We should have more dogs. Was it a, was it a, was it a, was it a golden retriever? I, I it imagine it was probably a golden retriever, but he thinks about his dog. This is canon too. Yeah. Yikes. Legends is wild. Why the fuck does everyone want Tatooine? Clearly, I don't know, it's kind of like not that much. Well, it's kind of like how everyone wants Dune, like or Arrakis. There's spice on Arrakis. There's a reason to go to Arrakis. Why right. does everyone want? Every time people describe Tatooine, they're like, "It's a rock." It's a rock. It's a rock. Do Nobody people want it because like Jabba's palace happened to be built there? I don't uh, think Star Wars ever really dived into whatever what the resources Tatooine does have to offer doesn't have them yeah it's, it's just sand. A, I mean, we, sand it gets everywhere oh fuck I mean do we, do, do we know <laughs> that that's the only thing that has to offer because like yes. on, on its surface nothing else well, because, racing well, but, 
it's so backwater and remote that it's the perfect place to run a criminal empire. So if you're going right. to run well, a yeah, criminal it's, empire, it's, a, it's, a, it's in the it's the it's the desert planet and the outer rim that, as far as anyone knows, doesn't have any resources, quote unquote. No one wants, so they'll leave us the fuck alone. Like you know, right. you know the, the 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 galactic United States of America isn't going to show up drilling it for oil, like. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So like, the because... thing is that it's its resource is not a physical object. It, Tatooine's resource is the sheer fact that it is an unassuming planet for crime to go down. You can do right. whatever you want and the government right. or the empire, quote unquote, will say because the empire at the time, you know, nobody can get us out here. We're in the outer rim. And that's right. prevalent in most of the Star Wars media is that's where most of the crime takes place because the Republic can't out in the outer you know, rim. Yeah, it. because they really tried to colonize. They really tried to get colonies out in the outer rim, and oh boy, did that not go well for them! Right, Eek. that super did not go well for them. Uh, oh. Rip Starlight Beacon, you were a real one. Can we all agree that Black Chrysanthemum is definitely coming back? Okay, wait. How I need to figure I'm that con- out. I'm confused as to why that he just let him go. I thought he was going to try and let him, he was like, oh, you're free to go. I thought Practice Sanchez would be like, well, I ain't got nowhere to fucking be. I'll just stay here. I'll or stay I thought here. He like, I would, I That's thought what I thought. Pull, I, I thought he was going to pull like a Wookiee life debt like fucking situation mm-hmm. and be like, well, you let me live. So I owe oh, you he a fucking life no debt. Honor. But no, he just fucking like wandered off into the fucking desert. And I'm like, what? Like, no. I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he's gonna come back but I'm just like no I agree I was so sad because I was like why was he not just like oh you're not gonna kill me okay well I guess I'll just stick around here since right. there's more to do here than there is you know on the fucking you know he just jogs off into the distance like where the fuck he's else gonna, are you? you know like, he's where gonna the fuck show are up. you going where you know he's, it's gonna be dramatic he has to come back in a dramatic moment to like save Boba or a dramatic moment to do something awesome. Like that's what they're going to do with him. <laughs> but yeah, Black Crescenton has absolutely no scruples about just, Oh, you're freeing me. Yeah. Bye. Okay, Rocco. Bye. Yeah. He just pieces out. He's like, okay, bye. Oh, well, oh, well bye Rocco. Also, that's, I don't like how the how twin Black is. I also don't like how the twins just gave up that fucking easily where they're just kind of like, that did annoy me. They're like, like okay. Why, why were the twins here? Yeah. Like, what narrative purpose did they serve? They sent Black Kersantan after Boba and told him about the Pikes and gave him the Rancor. That was it. Yeah. That's the only thing they did. Why were they here? I guess that'll come into come. I guess they'll explain that in one of the next episodes, hopefully. Because otherwise, I'm like y'all will have some really sporadic writing in the show i'm like what the fuck like hopefully you didn't just write as you got right as you went kind of like with the the sequel series um but um, uh unfortunately well, i unfortunately, can tell you they 100 percent uh john favreau has done interviews where it seems like with these shows they have a basic like targets that they're trying to hit and they're sort of making up it as they get there going along. Right. So it's not like Ma- Mando. I, Mando wasn't like that, I don't think. Like the that first was season John Favreau. He gave the interview. Yeah. Like they'll plan out the whole seasons. Right. But like they don't know exactly what Mando season three. Like Rangers of the New Republic, they decided like 
we don't have enough material here to carry its own show cough and uh the person that we were making it a vehicle for turned out to be an awful piece of shit and uh we did not renew their contract and so they were just like they're bringing her back no so rangers of the new republic has been rolled into mando so they're kind of adapting as they go and they're kind of making up how they get to the points they're trying to get to they're clearly building up to thrawn and they're clearly building up to some sort of team up and something with Mandalore, but I think they're they're kind of being vague in how they get there. But at least they have points they're trying to hit. I don't know the the twins may come up later in future seasons or future stuff. Right? Maybe. So, maybe I don't know. I, I, I may have I, to eat I, my words. I, I trust John John Favreau, um, like and Dave. Like, well, I don't know if, uh, how involved is Dave in Book of Boba. Very. Like, he's directing okay, episode go, uh, six. Oh, okay, then good. Um, I trust both of them with any Star Wars content, so I'm gonna trust that by the end of the series, it'll all, everything will make sense. I just think they are watching content like this, like, and they're just kind of like jerking themselves off and laughing, like, uh, in the process. <laughs> That's what I would be doing. So I think, like, I have a theory that you know, Black Chrysanthemum was introduced in this as a vehicle he might show up like later on in the season and he might just show up in other things later on i kind of have a theory because we do see the scar above his eye so we know that he's already had his run-in with obi-wan kenobi or whatever from the comics and so Mm -hmm. i think like it is possible you know hey maybe we'll see that scene in the kenobi show or maybe not you know what i mean where's there just to be like yeah dr afra show well and then that's my other theory right i was that's gonna come up I'm going to bring that up too because yeah. fucking Boba turns to Black Chrysanthemum and is like, don't work for Scuzzballs or whatever he says. Yeah. I'm like, first of all, Boba, he's been bounty hunting longer than you. So that's cute that yeah, you like say that. He's years old, so relax. But I am going to give it to Boba because Chrysanthemum, you really should have learned your lesson working with Chelly Afra. You should have learned your lesson about working with untrustworthy people, and you did not learn that lesson very clearly. So, Chrysanthemum, I'm going to give this one to Boba. He's out of line, but he's right. So the whole fucking Rancor scene is incredible. Yes. Did, Bradley, did you did you catch the thing? Did the you thing. catch the thing that I knew? I knew the minute they said this, I was like, oh, Bradley's going to love this. So... Unfortunately, it's only a mention. I was it's like, I was, I was like, we were, we are getting one step closer to getting these witches on TV. Like we are so close. We are so fucking close. I yeah. The witches of Dathomir mm-hmm. rode rancors, which they did in Legends, but has not been mentioned as a thing in canon before now. I'd say that that is, that was news to me. I'm like, and it has Since been. When confirmed. did the fucking witches ride around? No, I, I didn't Since like, Legends. I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. The witches of Dathomir rode rancors, and apparently that's canon now. And Boba Fett's like, I want to ride a ra- the rancor, and Danny Trail's like, uh, are you sure? Yeah, and Boba's <laughs> like. He has this line where he's like, I've read things 10 times, written things 10 times the size, uh, which, first of all, same. Second of all, <laughs> it's a reference to the Star Wars holiday special, which is oh, where he, he rides the giant, like, 
dinosaur thing. That's canon. It it is mm-hmm. not canon. Fuck. <laughs> hey, if Lumpy John Favreau and Mala just... is canon, then Boba writing is canon. Again, his name is Waru. He's an adult I'm now. I'm gonna write it. Uh, what do we think the Rancor's name is gonna be? Oh, that's such a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. Because he's like, oh, we gotta name you. And I'm like, what are they gonna name the Rancor? Okay, so what's the first one called in Return of the Jedi? The first one is called Patissa. Patissa, okay. Then there's Moochie. Then we know Moochie from Bad Batch. Moochie! 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 Honestly... I, I have no idea, idea what it's gonna be because this one's a boy. He explicitly mm-hmm. says boy. Like this he says boy. Um, which the other two were female, right? The females yes. are more dangerous. The females are also more dangerous, yes. Django, so are gonna, maybe, but are that's they, too are they gonna name him? What no, are they gonna name? The, no, the they're not gonna name him Django. Yeah, no. That's the no. only one I no, can think no, of. Because then that turns into a weird, like I that'd have be weird. That'd be weird as that that'd be weird as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like um, daddy issues times a billion. Like no. Jabba Junior. Do not name the rancor after your <laughs> dad. They're stinky. gonna name him Stinky. They're gonna name him Stinky as a joke. Like ha ha ha. Jabba's son is uh my pet. That would be know? that'd be lazy. That'd be lazy writing. <laughs> Hopefully they name him something more artful than that. Uh, I kept waiting for fucking um uh what's 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 this fuck? I'm, I'm God. Why am I forgetting his name? Actor's name. Help me. Ben Trejo. Ben Trejo, thank you. Uh, to like literally, like to, he was gonna eat, like try to eat Boba, like as a double cross from the twins. I'm like, I don't buy that this was just a gift for a gift. Like, are they gonna double cross him and have the ranker eat him? I, like, I don't know what the fuck. I have seen I had this. The, the, I was ready for that to happen because I'm like, I'm like waiting for it to happen when he was like right up in its face, like petting it and like, oh, you're just hungry, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, he's about to try and take a fucking chomp out of Boba's arm, like right now. And then he leaves and nothing happens. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe not. But, but I was ready for it. I don't know if this, either of you were ready for that. This like, was addressed. I didn't think they were going that direction, uh, but this was actually addressed I was prepared. that there was people on TikTok who were talking about why they didn't think that this was a long-term play by the twins. And it basically boils down to rankers are not that smart. Yeah. They can't execute a plan like that. Well, because it's not even that smart. They could, they could have uh, trained it. Yeah. They like, could have trained it, but like to, very... be hyped, to be, to be, they could have trained it yeah, to be hyper aggressive. It could have been, it could, it could have been sedated and the, and the sedatives could have worn off by a certain point. I didn't fucking know. I was ready for it to kind of go berserk and try to eat Boba. And then I'm like, okay, no, I guess we're not going that route. And yeah, it's going to be a real pet. Like, but initially I was skeptical. I want to discuss Boba's final line of feed Feed it an entire Ronto from the larder. Because this is an interesting... Remember, I talked earlier, there's going to be a point where we really see the difference between Boba and Jabba. Mm -hmm. This is the point I was referencing. Because if we remember from Return of the Jedi, Jabba starved his Rancor. Right, to keep it angry. He deliberately Mm -hmm. starved it to keep it aggressive and angry. So it would attack and consume anything that came into its pen. He yeah. used it as basically just entertainment mm-hmm. and deliberately kept it hungry so that Jabba would get amusement out of it. 
Boba is like, I'm going to make sure this thing is well fed. I'm going to train with this thing. I'm going to make sure it's taken care of. This is partly my responsibility now. I felt it really highlighted the difference between the two. Yeah. And I hope that it pays off like that. This is a setup and it's going to pay off later. And I hope that it the payoff better. is that I hope that the payoff is either a him writing it into quote unquote battle or whatever reason he needs to write it or that in he is in danger in some situation and the rancor quote unquote can save him slash help him of some sort you know what i mean just in a similar situation finally boba and fennec decide to meet the mayor again without an appointment uh when the mayor's major domo tries to flee the rainbow bike gang leap into action chase him down the streets of Mos Espa. After being stopped, he admits the mayor is now working with the Pikes, and we see dozens of them arriving into town. Why do I voluntarily listen to you say words every week? (laughs) Okay, first of all, I love when the episode title, whatever, quote-unquote, comes full circle, because I I love whenever they say the movie title in a movie, or they say the title of the show, and this is the closest thing we're going to get to that because it is the streets of Moss Espa. It's just a fucking car chase. Like, that's all it is. <laughs> it's as ridiculous. I did not like this sequence, but not for the, like, stupid, there's rainbow speeder bikes and youth hooligans and my Star Wars. I'm sorry, have you, have you seen a George Lucas joint? Like, shut up. Uh, no, what I didn't like about it was the stakes felt very low. Yeah. They weren't moving very fast through the, the streets. There was one bit where a guy literally full on rams into a table and he just flips over a few times and he's fine. Like there's no element of danger to it really at all. One guy does kind of are, are very hot. I, boy, does a very impressive kind of flip up onto the wall and then down. And then Sophie Thatcher's character does like an Anakin Skywalker move. Yes. Uh, I am nothing if not trying to be accurate on the show and failing miserably every time. Uh, Mm. She does kind of an Anakin Skywalker kind of move. But other than that, like very low stakes kind of not particularly gripping like compared to the train chase the train scene from last week Mm. where like it was this pulse pounding action sequence and then this one's just kind of yeah they're definitely chasing the guy through the streets like yeah it was uh, it was camp like I thought they were trying to make it like comical like almost and i'm like okay no they're trying to make this serious i don't know if it's because of like how they shot it yeah no you're right it was just like comical right it was comical but they weren't trying to make it comical like i'm like it was unintentionally they had they they have yeah they have the knockoff they have the knockoff power rangers chasing a fucking uh speeder through these little may streets and I'm off Mos Espa, like, and, and I'm, I'm, I was laughing about it, like, and I, I think I, I saved the meme for to do this, po- this podcast, um, because I forgot where I saw it, it was Facebook or somewhere, 
where literally it was like it was the motor the rainbow speed bike gang and then pan over and it's the power rangers on their little like bikes and i'm like oh my god that's exactly what the fuck it was it was the fucking power rangers like and then there was another thing that they made fun of them and compared them to i think i thought it was rainbow bright or like the care bears or something like i forget it cheapened the chase cheapened my view of the the speeder by gang like and the crew and the the crew that he has hired to do his bidding and help and like establish him as a damio i did not like how they shot it i feel that it's not a fault of how the steam was written and everything else i literally think it's about who was in charge of shooting the fucking chase scene so whoever did it, I think Robert Rodriguez. Kind of well, we can tell you because <laughs> that's the final okay, thing we okay. see is rectified. But yeah, yeah, we'll, okay, get, well, we'll get to that in a Robert, we'll get to that in a bit. Robert but. really fucking dropped the ball on that scene. And it, you bring up an interesting point of it, sort of diminishes because it's supposed to be the speeder, the swoop gang's like big moment. To well, not the swoop. Well, the swoop gang, scooter is the gang, other or whatever, scooter gang, yeah, the yeah. scooter gang, or whatever. It's supposed to be their scooter big gang. moment of showing here's what we can do. And you can tell how on paper, particularly Sophie Thatcher doing the like Anakin Skywalker going up and over thing, which, right. okay, yes, admittedly, that one was a very cool move. It but, was cute. Yeah, but it kind of, it kind of lessened them a bit. And like teasing the bikes, it's done with love. I love the stupid GSA rainbow bikes like i love this so much so i'm going to make fun of it because it's ridiculous but the actual pacing of the chase itself yeah it's it's so slow slow they hit star wars explained made the point and i agree with him which i agree on alex damon on a lot of things but like they hit like every chase cliche on the way down yeah i was gonna say yeah yeah the guy, the, whole, like, I'm like, yeah. the guy goes through a painting because obviously is some minor minor references in Easter eggs. Uh, we got a dank ferret, kids. I, I <laughs> a dank a dank ferret. We got a dank yeah, ferret. The fucking swear words in Star Wars. Right. Like, ours is that um, now? Now for Book of Boba, we didn't know this was gonna all, happen. But Book of Boba, what, 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 is, that, is that the first one? That's that is one. the first dank ferret. First of That's all, the first dank ferret. Okay, get cricked. That's my first of all. Uh, second of all, I just love Dank Ferrick, like in general. <laughs> I just think it's funny. It's good. They they mentioned like Dank just by itself earlier in the episode, which was interesting. Mm. The protocol droid that they run by, uh, the markings on the protocol's droid's face resemble uh, TC-70, which was Jabba's interpreted droid in the Clone Wars. Uh, that's just a fun Easter egg, but a more fun Easter egg... That piece of art that they're moving out is a piece of, so it's interesting. It's a piece of quote unquote concept art for Return of the Jedi. Bradley, do you want to hazard a fucking guess who painted that? I'm going to say it's Ralph McQuarrie. You would be absolutely right. (laughs) That is a Ralph McQuarrie painting that is Luke. It was a series of studies he did after the film had already been completed. So it's not technically concept art. It's more like studies on the film in his style. Uh, But it's Luke confronting Jabba. They've just removed Luke. Nice. So if you look at the whole thing, you can see Luke standing there. They've tightened it in onto Jabba and they've removed Luke. 
but other than that, it just it is a piece of concept art. Uh, the major domo crashes into a stall of Meluron fruit. Rebels, obviously. Meluron. The little Meluron fruits. Uh, the coveted fruit itself. And then finally, the uh, ships that the pikes land on vaguely resemble the Halcyon somewhat. I checked and they don't look exactly the same. They do kind of look like the Halcyon. They're sort of the same well, type of Well, ship. those are just those are just the Starline freighters, like yeah. you know, like passenger passenger freighters. Well, that's what the Halcyon is. I thought originally I was like, is your product placement so shameless that you're literally just putting the Halcyon in? Not quite. They look similar, but it's not the same thing. I was gonna say this is a this was a missed opportunity to do the Galactic Star Cruiser for uh, Disney World. Like, they should have oh, just fuck. put that fucking ship in there and then been like, look, you guys can also ride this coming March 2022. It literally, <laughs> it literally turns pay up. $8,000 for it. It okay. literally turns up by name in Wave 3 of the High Republic. Like, uh, minor spoilers for Mission to Disaster, but it does turn up in the Climax play a pivotal role and get name dropped. So like they're putting it in things. I thought that's what they did here. I thought as far back as the trailer that that was the Halcyon, but no, it's just a random passenger liner, which I mean, who the fuck goes to Tatooine voluntarily? Well, clearly an army of pikes. There's an army of pikes and (laughs) Boba's like, we will be ready for war with them, which is an interesting change from how he's been addressing things thus far. He's all, let's talk about this. Let's make sure that we're doing things with the pikes. He's like, nah, it's time to throw down. And I'm hoping now that we've gotten to this point, we now know the next episode will start with the goddamn dinner scene. (laughs) (laughs) about fucking time about the thing that i thought would be the second or third scene of the show we're on episode fucking four and we haven't gotten to yet and the only reason why i say that is because in the beginning of the episode he explicitly says you know the trandoshans have the center of the city the aqualish have this the da 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 you know he explicitly said all three of them right the last guys and i'm like Okay, fine. You now you've established who's at the dinner party. Now you have to join forces with the dinner party so that you guys can all take out the pikes because you don't want no new people coming in and stealing your thunder. My final note on this sequence, which is a stupid little reference, is our very sexy eye boy uh, contacts Boba on what looks like the Star Wars version of a payphone. <laughs> this has been pointed out to be another minor reference to the holiday special where Boba Fett contacts Darth Vader using a similar device. Nice. It's just a view screen that appears to be the Star Wars version of just a random public telephone. So, John, we see you with those Star Wars holiday special references. And so the directed by Robert Rodriguez comes up, at which I was shocked to see his name, like as a double. Yeah, because the scooter bike sucked. Well, not, not, not just that, but because this is now the second episode he's directed this season. And I was confused because I thought we were going to pull a Mando and it was like going to be, you know, a different person 
up until a certain point and then they repeat but i guess just because there's only seven episodes you know i mean maybe it's going robert different director robert different director yeah i don't know how they split it up director robert because dave filoni's doing episode six and then robert somebody else is doing four so if robert's doing one three five and seven he's doing every other episode that makes sense and then we have steph green dave filoni and then somebody else somebody else doing next week uh, so yeah directed by robert rodriguez written by john favreau bad john bad <laughs> so do we think do we think that you john better. probably wrote the whole thing and dave and i'm not letting you off the hook either dave he probably wrote the biker scene but i'm sure he imagined it being no, shot better i know so. that but... i'm 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 more mad about the tuscan thing yeah i'm not well, letting yeah. that go bad john and dave you can do better bad, bad. bad. Hire, hire diverse teams to make your stuff so someone can maybe tell you when a choice is going to be bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to have every moment. It's not going to be, you know, a great moment. But I mean, I guess. Yeah, and this was definitely just... like, yeah, just keep. And the point has been raised, not moving away from the Tuscan thing to the overall scope of the episode, which I think was very weak. The point has been made. This has, this is chapter three of seven. It's very much a serial and we're not getting the whole story, which I'm fine with. But each episode still kind of has to stand on its own and have its own internal structure. And this one really didn't. This one was super weak, I felt like, because I said at the top of the show, it's a lot of setups and setups and setups and setups. We set up the Rancor. We set up the Pikes. We set up the Scooter Gang. Uh, We set up all this that the mayors betrayed him we set this stuff up and then the episode ends. So it's like, here's all the stuff you can expect going into the series, but the internal episode itself didn't really tell a story the way that episode one did or episode two did. It did it with the flashbacks. This one didn't really tell a complete story in my mind. It just felt like a part of a whole and it was weaker for it. That's my final thoughts that I, I jumped to ahead of time. Clayton, what are your final thoughts on the streets of Mas Espa? Uh, the streets could definitely be more exciting in terms of the, the damn scooter chase. Like on the scooter gang, I'm like, yeah, so you're definitely the scooters people. Like, you know, the little rascals going down the shopping carts, like shopping cart aisles in the grocery store. That's kind of like what that... The chase reminded me of... Sorry, the little <laughs> rascals. <laughs> just... Oh, my God. That's, that's literally, like, I'm about to offend whoever the fuck needs those to go down the aisle while my gra- my grandma's one of them. because And she went to the store tonight, and the battery on the little rascal in the store died. Like, she was complaining about that earlier. Um, but, yeah, no, that's literally what it reminded me of. Like, was just, like, those little grocery scart grocery store carts um going through the streets of mas espa like it was just so not exciting and it really killed the whole vibe of the episode and the sense the sensitivity behind the tuscan memories which i really um agree with charles like that totally could have been done more tactfully and i don't know if it's like a kind of game of thrones situation where they don't have enough episodes to like tie in everything and tie it all up with a nice bow kind of because game of lots of season of game of thrones only six episodes this is gonna be eight is this eight 
This is seven, and we don't talk about the last season of Game seven. of Thrones. Seven. Oh, well, right. We don't talk um, about the last but, season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, that, that the season not to be not to be named. Um, but yeah, it's just there's a lot of missed opportunities in this episode, and it just it's so uncharacteristic to what the concept that we're used to seeing from this team. So I am over. I am overall not happy with this episode at all. Like I, I probably will feel completely differently after the next episode, but I don't know. I'm just puzzled and I'm just kind of this episode just feels if I could put it into one word it's cheap and that's that's the most critical I've ever been of any of the episodes yeah. that have come out of the this team Bradley you want to give us your final thoughts yeah um I I kind of want to piggyback off what Clayton said I think it's it's weak in that again it just doesn't it doesn't like you said it sets up it just doesn't pay off it you know it's right. only setting up it's not doing the payoffs and i think it was like i said before it's like you needed a little bit of episode two and episode one to make it a complete episode versus like this one as well i feel like we're just not getting the final scene of the episode until the beginning of next week so i don't understand why they're doing it like that um i also agree i think that I think the flashbacks this week were just not a complete story. And I think that's why um, it failed in the flashback world because it was only like one part of an arc of a story. Like we didn't get a full arc like we have the last two episodes. And so I think the flashbacks failed this week, which is probably what made the episode weaker. Um, And then overall the future plot you know, again, just cut off before it was supposed to end. I think that was the issue because you kind of, unfortunately, put some filler in the episode, which would technically be the bike scene chase would be the filler um, because not now you've had two action sequences in, you know, the fight of Black Crescenton is a good fight and everything, but it's also like fight scenes mm-hmm. are pretty much filler for most shows. Um, at least that one wasn't as long. Um, the bike scene felt a little too long slash almost too short. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain why that there's a lot of things that you go into the bike scenes, but um, unfortunately with the bike scenes, most of the time, all I could think about was uh, the movie Luca and, you know, they're all riding on Vespas basically. And I have I not seen with. Luca oh, yet. I love Luca. I have like seen Luca. Oh my wow, God. Bad gay. Bad gay. Uh, bad gay. <laughs> Oh, bad gay! Literally oh, the, most I know. the most, the most blatantly gay Disney movie I think out there right now. Like it's just, oh, it's so cute. All righty, well, Clayton, thank you for taking the time out to come and join us and talk about this uh, disappointing episode of the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to reiterate for the people at home what they can do to help support you in the Miss Atlanta pageant? Uh, yeah, for Miss Atlanta, for Miss Atlanta Showgirl, um, uh, the pageant is April 25th. Um, you can uh, donate to my uh, Cash App, Venmo, or my GoFundMe. Um, I'll make sure to give all those over. But yeah, I'll be doing shows in the lead up to the pageant. So I'll be doing more shows, uh, I think, of the weekends here in Atlanta to help raise money, um, make sure everything is designed properly. 
um, for me to steal the show. Um, but yeah, literally, it's going to be mostly just uh, raising money to make sure I can pay for everything, backup dancers, uh, my presentation costume, which is going to be very expensive. I've already paid for most of it. Um, gown I'm having designed. I just talked to my designer today. Like there's just, there's a lot that goes involved. It goes into it and a lot of money in doing a pageant, especially if you're like me um, and you want to do a pageant well so that you can win because I don't, I don't do anything half-assed. Donating is the easiest thing you can do. Um, and if you guys want to come see me at one of the weekend shows I'm doing in the next few months, please do. Um, I'll do my best to advertise those as much as possible. Yep. And then buy a t-shirt when I announce the designs for those. Definitely check out the links that we will provide where you can toss a few coins Clayton's way if you are in the Atlanta area and you can do so safely. I cannot stress this enough. If yes. you can do so safely and you want to go out, uh, just look for Hydra to be performing right. and definitely go and give her your support. And then if you're in the area, April 25th, uh, you can go see this pageant for yourself. And I can definitely, definitely confirm when it comes to drag, Clayton does not do anything half-assed. Oh, no. Especially competitive. So Charles knows competitive drag. I I do. I, I can say that this is a thing I actually do now. Well, Clayton, thank you for joining us. Bradley, go ahead and run the social so I don't have to hear your voice for another week. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Case. Did we forget something? Email us at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at goldsquadgaze. And you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at goldsquadrongaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at goldsquadrongaze, where we post this podcast as well as exclusive video content. Please join us next week and every week for another episode of Gold Squadron Gaze. He just doesn't want to show his face. Relax. Like, damn. I was checking Grinder, y'all. Right. Chill. Nosy. Right. Damn. <laughs> oh, he's damn. Making sure, he's I'm... making sure his hookup is still ready to go. Relax. It's been like an hour 30. He's trying to like just double it's check. It's the middle of bumfuck nowhere. He's going to be like, dude, if you want dick, you can wait 30 more minutes well, for me to finish a Star Wars podcast. Right.